Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right, welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast. This is Brandon Allen, and I'm excited to bring you another great podcast this week. So I wanted to talk a little bit about employee follow-up and how we go through the employee follow-up process, particularly with an employee who is struggling at work. And I think a lot of times for small business owners or people who are not necessarily experienced leaders, they have a hard time with knowing what to do with an employee that is struggling. And I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that we don't want to be mean. We don't want to... uh, get into a, a newer employee's business too soon or come across as being too harsh or too hard on someone too soon. So really what it comes down to is we don't want to be mean. And the other reason is that a lot of times we don't make time and space for the conversations to happen where we can give coaching and direction and support. So here's the thing. When it comes to brand new employees or employees that are struggling for whatever reason is, look, we all go through times where there's peaks and there's valleys. And we have times where we don't perform at the level that we can. And we all need someone to help push us through a rut. Now, the first thing that's important is I've got to want coaching. I've got to want support to begin with. Now, if someone doesn't want coaching, they don't want support, there's not a lot you can do there. And all you can do is hope that their performance improves before you get rid of them. Um, But if someone does want coaching and support, I want to address just a couple of things about whether you feel like you're being mean or you don't have time. Um, Let's address being mean first. If you're worried about being mean, I want you to think about what that really looks like. And and a healthy work environment, a healthy culture has some level of accountability. And what that means is, is that I want people to hold to a standard uh, with which I work in in the business. So for instance, uh, for me, I want to have tight follow-up with someone that is struggling. And the reason why is I don't want mediocrity to exist in my business. I've talked about values, I've talked about mission, I've talked about creating a culture, and it's my job as a leader to ensure that that culture exists. If there is failed performance happening in the organization, I want to address it because the more I allow mediocrity to exist in the business and and exist in the environment, the more that it starts to become part of the culture where now everyone starts to adopt mediocre behavior. I don't want that. So I don't want mediocrity to exist. And when I see someone is struggling, I want to help them get through mediocrity. The second reason I might give tight follow-up is because I don't want people to fail. So instead of thinking about, hey, I'm being mean uh, when I confront someone or I coach someone through their, you know, for performance, what the, the whole point of this is I don't want people to fail. I want people to be successful in my organization. I want them to come in and feel like this is the place where I can uh, belong. This is a place where I can be a part of what's happening and I can be a contributor to that process. People don't get up in the morning saying, hey, I want to suck at work. So chances are that failure is not only affecting them at work, it's probably affecting them in their personal life. I want to help them right the ship. The last thing is that if I let someone fail too much, if I give them too much space, 
I'm giving them room for failure. And if I give them too much failure, pretty soon failure becomes part of their behavior specifically. And now they start to look at themselves as I'm a failure. And I've seen plenty of talented people get into a work environment that maybe wasn't the best fit for them. They didn't have success and it took a long time for them to get past that failure to see themselves as something other than that, to see themselves as something more powerful than someone who struggled in this particular role at this particular time. I don't want people to adopt that process. When I coached a sales team, we used to use the analogy of boxing. If you get hit too many times in the head, pretty soon you're punch drunk. You don't know what the hell's going on, and it's a recipe for disaster for you. You're going to get knocked out. I don't want people in my organization getting knocked out. I want to nip that in the bud before it happens. And the only way you can do that is through tight follow-up. Now, if that seems mean, that's fine uh, on, on the other end because I don't want people to feel like I'm going to allow them to fail. And a lot of times we give people so much room, we give them just enough room so they can hang themselves and they're dead. I don't want people to get into that kind of a situation or get put into that kind of a position. I want them to feel like, hey, this is a place where uh, I'm going to be successful. I've got the tools to be successful, and I want to create that environment uh, to do that. So here's the thing. You've got to be able to create the time. If you don't have time to coach your employees and make them successful, what the hell do you have time for? Because the problem is is this is one of those arguments that uh, becomes self-defeating for us. On the one hand, we don't have time to train our employees or develop them like we need to, right? We always make that excuse. I don't have time. But on the other hand, if we don't make time, how much time does it end up costing us when we deal with inadequate employees doing inadequate work? It, the, the payoff becomes much higher when we wait till later. So I want you to think about that when you say, I don't have time. The reality is, is how do I make time for this person? I would literally see... Uh, less clients per week or less patients per week or whatever it took in order to make sure that employee has the tools that they need to be successful. It's that important. We make time for clients and, and people all the time in our business, but we don't make time for employees. And that's a shame because to me, uh, if you've read my book, Total Experience Design, the internal culture is the caretaker of the external experience. If I make time and support people internally, they're going to make time and support people externally. It's that important. So how do we get this right? How do we make sure that we, if we do type follow-up, how do we do this in a way that uh, works for the employee? And the first thing is, is that you've got to keep this in mind. Number one is that they work for their goals, not mine. When people come to work for you, they work for their goals. And I want to push them and encourage them towards their goals. When does that process start of goal setting in the job? It starts day one. So if you're one of those people that has a value of accountability, empowerment, excellence, any of those values, if you're not having people goal set on day one, you're telling them that goal setting isn't important. We're not about achievement. Don't worry about it. And we give them all this space to train and learn. And I've had, I've literally had clients that I've worked with who've said, you know, Brandon, they're just new here. They're, they're still trying to figure out how to make this whole thing work. And I'm like, well, how, you know, when did they start? And they're like, oh, they've been here a year. And I'm like, oh my God, one year, they're not new. They're a seasoned veteran at that point. They're not new. Besides the fact that I don't hire people to be new. 
I don't hire them so they can come in and be new. I, I hire them because I think right now they can contribute value to me. So I expect them to be a value contributor. I expect them to start looking at where they want to grow and what they want to achieve in their current role. And I want them to be very intentional about that. So number one, they work for their goals, not yours. Number two, I want to set a predetermined time and space for people to get coaching and support. So if, if someone's doing really well, maybe that's monthly. But if someone's struggling, I'm doing weekly coaching with that person. Weekly coaching. I'm helping them every single week because I want to nip whatever issues are coming up in the bud before they become much bigger issues. Set a predetermined time and space. Make sure you've got a, you know, set up a regular rhythm. Figure out how to make that work. I had an employee, and this is an extreme example. I'm not saying you should do this, but he struggled uh, with getting results. I met him in the morning at the office at 6 a.m., and I did that on a very regular routine because that was the only time we could meet. I made the time. He made the time. It was important to me because his success was important to me to make that space, and even though it might have been a little inconvenient to do it, I did it anyway. I'm not saying that you have to do that, but I'm just giving you an example of what that kind of commitment looks like to a team member. Number three, I want the struggling team member or, or whoever it is to track their own results. I want them to have some kind of a tracker where they write down how they're doing. This is great if you're a business owner to do this. It's imperative if you're an employee to do this. Write down your own results. Why do we do that? That's a reality check for the employee. This is the reality check of this is how I'm doing. This is how I'm doing. This is how I needed to be doing or wanted to be doing. I'm going to now I I can see that there's a gap. Number 4, I sit down with them. I set a game plan going forward that not only includes end result goals, so they could say, hey, I want to do like five appointments this week or, or write five articles or whatever it is. But I also want them to have process-oriented goals. So I don't want employees to just come with number goals, especially for employees where numbers are a big focus. But I also want them to have process-oriented goals. Not only what are you going to achieve, not only what are you going to do, but who are you going to be in order to get that? If you don't address the being piece of an employee, it doesn't matter what you said as the doing. People always ask me, Brandon, why do you do business habits? Why is that a workshop? Why do you do that first when you consult or coach an employee? It's because if I don't change who the business owner is being, they won't employ whatever it is that we say we're going to do. They're going to revert back to what they've always done because their being hasn't changed. I want people to see that if they show up differently, if they become a different person, they'll get those different results that they're looking for, but not before that. And it's the process that gets the results anyway. And if you don't fix the process, you won't get the results you're looking for. It's not going to happen. I want people to be able to tie into that. Hey, where do you think results come from? They come from the process. And when you improve the process, you improve the results. And I, that in the, and quite frankly, the process is where people have control. I don't have control over the results. I'd like to have control, but I don't. I can't control how many people listen to this podcast. But what I can can control is the content that I put forward, the way I deliver it, and making sure that I actually put it out there for people to consume. 
I have control over that part. How many people listen to it? How many people uh, get value from it? How many people uh, take a next step uh, with my company as a result of listening to it? That's completely up to the other person. I don't have any control over that. All I can do is put my best foot forward. The reason why I don't want people to focus on end result goals solely is because it puts them in a position where they become a victim. Now everything's happening outside of them. Now they say, well, this person didn't uh, sign up with me uh, for my product or service. I didn't close a sale. And they're like, see, I told you. You know what? I, I can't do it. Uh, I'm not able to do it. And I want to put them in a position where they feel like, hey, I'm the captain of my ship. I control what goes on. And I'm going to change those things today. And the other part of this is that most people want to change their behaviors. Uh, actually, let me, let me back up. Most people want to change their results. But very few people actually tie their results to specific behaviors that they have. This is very challenging for people a lot of times. So if, if you've got employees that you're assuming that they understand the process that it takes to get to a result, don't assume that because they probably don't know. So I'm going to say, hey, you know what, Bob? You want to get these results, but what is going to be different about how you approach your work day tomorrow and through the rest of the week in order for you to achieve those results what's going to change because if I want something new I've got to do something new if I have behaviors that are limiting I need to stop those behaviors so I can do the new behaviors I want that person to get into that space of what that looks like and to start taking that process seriously so if you've got a new employee if you've got a struggling employee make sure you take the time make sure you understand that you're not being mean what you're trying to do is make that person uh, help that person to be successful you're you're actually taking an investment and showing that you care about this person's career keep the follow-up tight don't give them room so that they can hang themselves and I promise you more employees will know that you care more employees will perform at a higher level you'll retain people better and the whole culture will improve because everyone will see that you're about results and not just your results, you're about their results too. And that's true power in an organization. Thank you for listening this week. If you've got any questions or comments, hit me up on Facebook at New Work Revolution. You can uh, hit me up at newworkrevolution.com. If you found this helpful, please rate the show in iTunes and share it with a friend. Again, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on newworkrevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.